Finally, an episode after a lengthy respite, which might be an oxymoron, but liberty, the virtue needed for a culture of liberty, and then this applied to the current vaccine mandates. This is On Life with Jamie Sinclair, episode 23. Welcome. It's been a while. Um, This podcast was partly enabled by the oddity that was 2020, and at this point, especially given the past few months of silence, I don't anticipate any sort of regularity going forward um, for a few reasons, partly just uh, life's happening in full swing again, you know, people visiting, weddings happening, events, uh, colleges, like I'll be on on campus for an event tomorrow afternoon, etc. Things are happening, which I love. I'm thankful for uh, the, the opportunity to to connect with people and be used by the Lord in lots of ways. Um, additionally, for those of you who don't know, I can't remember if I've said anything on the podcast or not, but I am officially a first-year law school student. I'm attending Syracuse University. It's a hybrid program, so I go down to Syracuse for a couple weeks a year and then do online classes also. Uh, it is part-time, but wow, it's a lot of work. I'm kind of feeling a little overwhelmed and swimming at the moment, but hopefully I'll be able to figure out my schedule so I can put in some good time to school. And I really enjoy the content. I love reading court decisions. I like thinking about this stuff. It's a blast. The professors are brilliant. Um, the the other students are impressive as well. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. But all that to say, I don't think I'll have tons of time for law school. Certainly always feel free to drop me a line. The number is 315-566-0056. If I don't get to questions on the podcast itself, which is often these days, I usually try to directly reply to people. Um, My apologies. If I've missed you, feel free to be the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Anywho, um, so today, what I want to do is this. I had the opportunity to like speak at a rally, just kind of stump briefly, and I don't feel like I really shared code too cogently, whatever. It's out there. Hopefully, it's helpful and encouraging to somebody. But but I thought the ideas that were floating around my mind, and I'd written out some notes that were clear, but then just kind of talked off the cuff for the thing, and it didn't go that well. But, but in thinking about liberty, and when I say liberty, I, I mean essentially just a, like, no bullying. <laughs> and especially in the case where the government uses threat of fines or coercive violence and imprisonment to bully, but even more broadly, you know, parts of cancel culture, which at times uh, has really been a problem. And it, it's humans. I think humans tend to bully. I've tended to bully at times in life. Hopefully the Lord's moved me through that. Um, even when I disagree with someone, uh, Aside from using restraint for the safety of others or something, I, I don't want to bully them. And uh, so that, that's kind of what I mean when I say liberty. But for a culture of, of liberty to thrive, it it's actually, it requires a virtuous people. Um, without without a, a sense of mutual respect, without an embrace of unity in the midst of diversity, and without a people committed to generosity, hard work, and sacrifice for the benefit of one another, a, a culture of liberty doesn't thrive. Here's what I mean by that. Um, a culture of liberty means that when person A and person B disagree on something, 
they still respect one another enough to say, hey, I think you're wrong. I'm going to try to persuade you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to try to use some sort of bullying mechanism to coerce you. And, and that means that there's, there's a level of mutual respect. Even when I'm like, what you're doing is stupid. I respect you enough as another image bearer, as another adult human who is able to, to make decisions for yourself. And the truth is, I really think you're wrong, but maybe you're right. And like, there, there's a, a sense of humility and respect in the process. And without a culture that embraces that, liberty just falls apart. When we start thinking that whole swaths of a society are so uh, inept and wrongheaded that not only do we disagree with what they're doing and, and strongly try to persuade them, but we're actually willing to to hold them down and force things into them or fire them and they lose jobs, which means potentially cars and apartments and et cetera. Like, it requires some sort of modicum of respect for one another. And sadly, our culture is deteriorating to the point where I think it's hard for most of us to have that kind of respect for others, which means not only do we need to try to cultivate a respect, but we also need to try to cultivate a society that's somewhat respectable. And again, the thing though is what that can't be is a society that all agrees with you. Because if you want that, you'll never find it. But you can live in a large and diverse society with a lot of differences, uh, with with some degree of respect for one another. And I would say on questions like healthcare, until relatively recently, we've had that kind of respect for other people. And uh, yeah, so occasionally people throw at liberty when you say, my rights, you're just being selfish. And certainly we can be selfish, selfishly claiming my rights. I just want to do what I want to do, et cetera. And that's wrong. And may we repent of selfishness when we're being selfish. But the reality is uh, embracing a culture of liberty is like the opposite of selfish. It is so selflessly respectful for others that even when you think what they're doing is wrong, you're happy to get along with them and work with them and res- like not cajole them into every decision you think they should make. Secondly, it requires in that like a unity together saying like, Hey, we're, we're, we're diverse, diverse in backgrounds, diverse in experiences, diverse in practices, diverse in beliefs, but we're going to be unified in this. We're together for respecting one another type thing. And there's a lot of power and strength in that. And I don't know if there's ever been a society that is actually like a perfect picture of this. And I'm not going to try to pretend, well, in the United States, 200 years ago, it was perfect because it wasn't. But there was this uh, unlike, okay, let's talk about American exceptionalism. I think this came up maybe a year and a half ago in the podcast. I've seen people sillily, you know, talk about, well, American math scores aren't as high as other countries, or we have... You know, our our life expectancy like has like plateaued, or, or they'll point at things like that and be like, "We're not really that exceptional of a nation." Like, does anyone actually think American exceptionalism is about math scores? Like, hey, I would love higher math scores and longer life expectancy. But what's exceptional about America is th- that part of the American experiment that's saying we are a a people 
conceived in liberty with, with the, the notion that all men are created equal to kind of allude to Abraham Lincoln's famous Gettysburg Address. And there's this notion, and I don't know if we've ever perfectly embraced it, but I feel like we're like almost rejecting it in ways now. But there's this notion that we're a people that, that are bonded in this thing called respecting one another in liberty. You know, th- some of the pilgrims who landed in Massachusetts near Cape Cod, where it was like called Plymouth, um, you know, they were coming and they were fleeing religious persecution. And uh, I'm not going to hold up all of their thinking as ideal, uh, idyllic, but America was composed of this very like scattered, rad, ragtaggy type. Some people were just self-motivated, etc. But by the time of the founding, there was this this dream in the air, not fully realized, but this dream of, hey, we can be a, a diverse and varied people who are united around. So take free speech. Maybe you've heard this before. I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Maybe you've heard that saying before. That means something. That's actually like a shockingly counter human history notion. Like, I don't think you would find that in many places throughout human history or even a lot of places today. That notion of like, I recognize that um, one person's liberty being attacked or assaulted is an assault on this society, this liberty free society. And when maybe I don't even agree with what you're saying, but if somebody's trying to bully you to shut you down from saying it, I've got your back. I'm with you. There's a uni- unity in the midst of all the diversity. So there's got to be a, a, some modicum of respect for one another. There needs to be some degree of unity and diversity. And then finally, a free society is often going to be, I think it'll produce some amazing things. I think on the net, it's going to be like way more effective than an authoritarian type society. But in the moment, in the short term, it's often going to require extra generosity, extra hard work, extra sacrifice, because it's just complicated. Uh, I was just texting somebody recently, like a few days ago, and they were talking about like data that comes out of Israel regarding vaccines and covid And I don't know particularly why there's so much better data in Israel, but I suspect that part of it is, well, when you have the government like very tightly controlling stuff, you just have better data. And then everybody gets vaccinated very quickly together and then you can monitor things. It's just, it's easier. It's more efficient. Um, You can shut down COVID-19 really fast if you can just kind of imprison a whole population for a couple of months. That's kind of what places like China did. Maybe you saw the videos on Twitter before COVID was even a thing in the US. I saw people sharing videos on Twitter of like Chinese lockdowns for COVID. And it was, I mean, like they imprisoned whole cities basically, which I think is horrific. Well, now it probably largely stopped the transmission of COVID-19. See, like embracing a, a culture that says, I respect others, I'm uni- unified around liberty in the midst of this diversity, it's going to at times require extra generosity, extra hard work, extra sacrifice. I was talking to somebody last night who's vaccinated, and, and they're like, but whether I was or wasn't, um, if someone else choosing not to get vaccinated necessarily meant that for him, he would end up catching COVID and like dying. He'd be like, I still don't want to force other people to get the vaccine. Like, 
He has a respect for other people that causes him to be generous and to be ready to sacrifice and be ready to work hard. Maybe wear more PPE, uh, personal protective equipment, et cetera. Like he, he was like, I value other people enough to not bully them into my way, but to actually be, be generous and sacrificial and hardworking to uphold their, their ability to, to live quiet and pleasing lives before in all godliness. Like there, there's a sense of, so my point though, is this, that at times, certainly people out of great selfishness claim rights, but a thriving free society can only exist when the society as a whole is not largely shaped by selfishness, but is largely shaped by virtues, by virtues like respect, by virtues like unity, by virtues like generosity, hard work, and sacrifice for one another. And this is really key. Um, so applying this to the, the current vaccine mandates, they are, to be clear, there's like a number of things flying about in the, in the ether. In New York State, Several weeks ago, there was a new vaccine that came into effect, I think right before Cuomo stepped down, although Hochul is continuing it. Um, the Department of Health issued some sort of guidance. And uh, in a nutshell, healthcare workers in New York State all have to get vaccinated by the end of September. And then like a week or two later, they updated the guidance and they removed the opportunity for any sort of religious exemption. Um now, I think the majority of healthcare workers are vaccinated, but there are a chunk who are not vaccinated and possibly for several reasons. I know some who are cautious about getting the vaccine because they're pregnant right now. I know some who are cautious about getting the vaccine because they're super pro-life and it would be a violation of their conscience to participate in something that is in any way like related to abortion. And in case you didn't know, at least the three main vaccines were either developed with or manufactured with cells from a fetal cell line from a baby that was aborted, I think in like the early 1970s, although Google it to know the precise information. Um, I th we talked about that a little bit on the podcast. It's complicated. I totally appreciate and respect someone who entirely abstains. Um, I also can well understand someone who's saying, look, these, these cells are not actually from that baby. Uh, what happened was wrong and sinful, but now the cells exist and good things can be done with them. It, it's complicated ethically. And I, I totally, I respect people who, who feel comfortable interacting with cells from that fetal cell line. And I respect people who say I can't in good conscience interact with them. Um, I totally appreciate it. What's ridiculous is we have people who are hailed as heroes a year ago, um, working all day long with masks, with gloves, with extra hand sanitizer, with in, in situations that were, eh, I don't actually know if healthcare, I think healthcare workers did not get sick disproportionately, but at least in theory, it felt like a dangerous job to be working. And they were working hard, working long hours through the pandemic over the past year and a half. And now we're saying to some of them, which by the way, is an assault on the liberty of our society. Again, like we said earlier, like, there's got to be a unity amongst the diversity. If someone's liberty is being assaulted, all of our liberty is being assaulted. Even if we happen to agree with like the, the objective of the assault, when somebody is bullying somebody else, it's an assault on our society of our free society. Um, so what you have is, again, you're taking these people who are heroes a year ago 
And now, as one of my friends put it well, kicking them to the curb and just saying, either you get this vaccine that you can't take in good conscience right now, which sadly I, I'm, I'm afraid many will end up doing, they'll kowtow because of the threat of job loss, career dead ending, and they have needs. Like people feel caught between a rock and a hard place. They have kids at home. They don't want to leave, lose their car, their apartment, et cetera. I'm afraid some of them will violate their conscience. I have no problem with people getting vaccinated. I do have a problem with someone violating their conscience because they're being coerced. That is really sad to me. Um, anywho, so you have this vaccine and it's really, it, it's not using persuasion. It, it's not encouraging people to get vaccinated, praying for people to get vaccinated. It is bullying them into getting vaccinated by threat of termination and now someone might might wonder, well, we we ask healthcare workers to wear shirts. We ask them to, you know, not come into work when they're sick. Like there might there are plenty of things you ask healthcare workers to. Why can't we ask them to not come if they're not vaccinated? And uh, I mean, I, I think fundamentally there might be some space for that. But let me say a couple things that, that are unique here. One. Asking a health work, healthcare worker to wear a mask versus getting a vaccine are categorically different things. Uh, I hope whether whether you're a fan of asking everyone to wear masks or a fan of asking everyone to get vaccinated or you don't like and you don't like, either way, I hope you can recognize there's a big difference between asking someone to put something on their face and asking someone to inject themselves with genetically engineered uh, relatively untested. And by that, I mean, we've only been testing for a little over a year. It's been lots of testing in that year, but we really have no clue what the 10 year long type effects, side effects will be. Ask them to do it, to inject that technology into their body. These are really different things like categorically. Um, secondly, so, so not only are they categorically different things, but in this case, it's like a major shift just sprung upon them. I mean, it's one thing when you when you tell somebody at the beginning of their their work in healthcare, like, hey, I uh, I don't know, you have to stay current in your training. You need to do some like recertification every year. Like that's something they're expected. There are people who have been serving as doctors and nurses and administrators for years, maybe even decades. This is their career. They've given their lives to these things. And all of a sudden, there's this, oh, something looks a little different. You have to get vaccinated, even if it violates your conscience, or just quit. I'm like, just quit. That is, <laughs> oh, goodness. People who think it's that simple, like, for some people, some people are quite wealthy. Some people have uh, lots of abilities and skill sets in various areas and are very employable in many arenas. But plenty of people, and if you can't empathize with this, you're dramatically privileged and I'm happy for you, but please try to empathize better. There are plenty of people who like, this is their career trajectory. They've invested themselves in this. The only job they could work at a reasonable wage is in healthcare. And so you're basically saying, you're shutting down career prospects overnight. 
and again, with something that's been relatively untested. And another thought, I know I said two, but one is that related to this, it's not like it's vaccine or bust. Well, what's been happening for the past year and a half? There has not been dramatic transmission of COVID-19 in hospitals. They haven't been vaccinated for the past year and a half. So like, what what were they doing? Well, they're using PPE. They're using basic uh, transmission prevention approaches. Like it's worked pretty well. And by the way, getting the vaccine, uh, it looks like six months after the fact, the vaccine is still very helpful in protecting the vaccinated person from serious symptomatic case of COVID, but they're still pretty likely to get sick and transmit. So it's not like the vaccine really does much at all. What really helps is the PPE and basic like wisdom practices. And we're like, oh, and the vaccine might help a little bit. So you have to get it. it, it it's really like throwing this little add-on that is like fundamentally night and day different. It's really, it's just outrageous. Um, super troubling. It is the nanny state at its finest. It is part of the slow march of tyranny. It is disrespectful. It is divisive. It is not generous. It is lazy and it's not sacrificial. Uh, regardless on your take on the vaccine and maybe you're like, man, the vaccine's amazing. And by the way, it's, it's really pretty exciting technology. I've already talked about it a little bit. I'm also really happy that the Trump administration got the FDA out of the way and put in a bunch of orders. Like it, it's actually pretty cool how available the vaccine is and the fact that it was developed quickly and it was made available quickly. That's a awesome. And hey, go out and, and law the vaccine if you want. But I don't think no one, no virtuous person should support this mandate. And I have no box for a Christian who supports a mandate that is going to harm brothers and sisters in the Lord over conscience reasons. I mean, just read your Bible. It talks about being charitable and gracious. I would put it this way. If, if you really feel so strongly about the mandate that you think healthcare employees should get fired over this, if you can actually support that as a believer, which I have, I don't really have a box for, I would say you only have, you only have any ground to stand on if you are willing to like donate all of your money to support them all or something like that. Like it's, it, it really is, it's really deeply disturbing. Anywho, I want to encourage you away from selfishness and towards selflessness and standing for a society that respects one another, is united in the midst of diversity, is generous, hardworking, and sacrificial. It might be a little extra challenging, but it is 10x extra healthy. For example, I think, I'm quite sure that lives would be saved like impacted for eternity, lives would be also saved in the short run. I think it would probably help decrease criminality, suicidality. I think it would help in all sorts of lines if everyone were required to go to church from childhood, like grow up in Sunday school. I realize a lot of people growing up in church still aren't going to be saved. But man, can you imagine the United States full of people who are biblically literate and understand like God's word? Like, wow, that would be epically advantageous. In Romans chapter two, Paul is, mm, 
Maybe actually the beginning of Romans 3. Let me look it up real quick because now I'm mad curious. Romans 2 to 3. Oh yeah, it's the beginning of chapter three. So Paul just spent a chapter, a chapter and a half, basically saying everyone has a sin problem, both the the godless pagans, heathens, but also people who grow up Jews, grow up understanding the word of God and and the reality that God is holy and he's calling us to, to walk with him and to have a relationship with him. He's like, all of us have a sin problem. Then he's going to get into the grace of Jesus and righteousness that comes through faith. But at the beginning of three, he says this. So what advantage does the Jew have? Or what is the benefit of circumcision? Meaning the the reader might read what he just wrote and be like, does it even matter if you actually know the word of God? Like, is there any advantage to being a Jew if being a Jew doesn't mean you're saved? And Paul's response is, verse two, considerable in every way. First, they were entrusted with the very words of God. Um, Now, he doesn't say, Growing up in the Jewish faith means you're saved, but it does mean you have a huge advantage. You understand God's word and like who God is and holiness and sin. And uh, certainly in the midst of our sin, when you have a biblical framework, it's, it's kind of like you could ask the question now, what advantage is there to growing up in the church if growing up in the church doesn't mean you're saved? Well, it doesn't mean you're saved. You still need to humble yourself before Jesus and embrace him as Savior and as Lord. Like, and receive that gift of life and be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Like, that still needs to happen. Growing up in church doesn't mean you're saved. But man, there's a huge advantage. There's a huge benefit. You know the word of God. You understand holiness. You understand sin. You understand that Jesus is the answer. Like, huge advantage. So all that to say, if everyone in the United States was forced by government dictate to go to church until they were 18 or something. I don't think a ton more people would be saved, although probably a few more, but I do think it'd have like radical impacts on culture and certainly would impact the eternity for some. But I think it would not be a good idea for the government to bully everyone into church. I think we we are called by Jesus not to go use the, you know, the levers of power in society to coerce people, but to go scatter seed to share with people the good news and to invite them in to the marriage feast. Like there's an invitation that's coming, not a tyrannical coercion. Uh, So anywho, all that to say, even if something is a great thing, it like a free society is it's, it's beautiful. It allows people the freedom to respond to the Lord Jesus and for us to, to walk with God in Simplicity, quietness, godliness, uh, as, as the Lord leads, it's it's valuable. I could talk for a while, but I'm just going to get rambly now. So what I'm going to do is wrap this up. But in short, uh, promote seeking and promoting a free society could be at times just leveraged by someone in their selfishness. But generally speaking, is actually not, not only is it not selfish, but it requires many virtues on behalf of those seeking and pursuing this. And if for the society really, for a free society to thrive, it requires that the society in the whole embrace some of these virtues. Um, And what we're seeing right now in New York state is actually a rejection of these. We're seeing disrespect. We're seeing uh, divisiveness. We're seeing uh, lack of generosity and et cetera. Like it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's deeply troubling, but I will say on a positive note 
there was a an injunction issued by a federal district court judge just earlier this week to prevent the state from enforcing that law in at least my district. I don't I can't remember if that applies to the whole state or just the northern district of New York, but certainly where I am, that's a great first step. And also, I know that this week, just in the middle of nowhere where I am, there have been multiple rallies, people standing up, and and some of it is healthcare workers who are rightly, there's nothing wrong with standing up for yourself, standing up for themselves, but largely it's community members standing up on their behalf to help those in need, to support them, to love them. I think it's beautiful. Um, there, There's a, a, a few people, and I'm connected with them, who are working on something called Frontline Defense. We want to raise funds to help people who end up getting fired because they're not comfortable getting vaccinated. Again, to be clear, I'm fine with people getting vaccinated, but I'm not fine at all with people being forced to be so. And so we want to make sure that people know that there's somebody somebody who's standing with them who will support them. Go to frontline frontlinedefense.org. And if you know somebody in healthcare who needs to, who, who needs somebody to support them, stand with them, let them know about it. They can sign up there. But also if you're interested in supporting, there's another place to sign up and you can also donate. And uh, yeah, I'm excited that in the midst of troubling times in our state, there is also a people who are standing up and standing for vir- virtue. So that is something to celebrate and rejoice in. And give thanks in. And we're called to always rejoice and give thanks and to pray without ceasing. Amen. Peace.